Welcome to the Evolved Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry. We are back for another amazing interview for our audience. I hope you're ready for a good one. Today, I am super excited and super proud to bring someone to the Evolve community who not only do I admire and look up to, but is also one of the greatest friends I've ever had. We grew up uh, together throughout college, and then it was so fortuitous that we ended up both crossing the country and going after our dreams and our goals and ended up embracing challenges together and kept in touch throughout the whole thing, visited each other a few times and have had great times. I'm going to introduce you to one of the best individuals in fitness that I know as far as someone who not only knows how to embrace challenge and find inner strength, but also know how to build businesses and push himself forward while embracing everything that comes with the challenges of life. Everyone, I'm going to introduce you to my great, one of my best friends of all time, Mr. Ricky Jasper. RJ, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Such a great uh, intro. You got to, I got to pay you for that. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be $80. (laughs) How you doing, man? How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain. So just to give a brief background, you know, I just, you know, kind of introduced you how you and I know each other, you know, we, you know, RJ and I hooked up together through a mutual best friend of ours, Chase, um, when they both went to James Madison. Um, Originally, it was was Chase a random roommate way back when of yours? Or did you guys meet through basketball freshman year? And that's how you guys started living together? Yeah, we actually met sophomore year. So I transferred into, into JMU my sophomore year. and We met and we clicked and uh, then we became roommates. You weren't JMU all four years? No, I, I went to Longwood University uh, my my freshman year. I played basketball there. Then I was like, done with that. Then uh, transferred to JMU, my dream school. So, <laughs> <laughs> And JMU is the dream school for all men. Right. <laughs> So awesome. So, so everyone today, RJ is here to talk about not only his own love of fitness, but his his passion for building businesses and helping others realize their true strength. RJ, if you could just tell us a little history about yourself, what got you into fitness? Um, what inspired you to go after the objectives that you currently set for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I grew up in Northern Virginia. Uh, I ended up going to James Madison University, where I got my degree actually in computer information systems uh, and business. Uh, so uh, it's interesting because I, you know, from a full time perspective, I, I work in the tech space. I, I love tech. And that actually really fueled my love of fitness um, and some things that I'm sure Chris will get into a little bit later. Uh, after I graduated from James Madison Uni- University, um, I worked for a few companies, uh, mostly some cybersecurity companies. Uh, and then uh, about three years after I graduated, I decided to make the move to San Diego. Uh, and that's when I started my online personal training company called 413 Health and Fitness. And this was in about 2016. So once that started, um, it was uh, about six months into being in San Diego that I decided to go full time with 413 Health and Fitness, uh, which sparks uh, a lot of other things uh, that I'm again, I'm sure we'll get into. I completely forgot that you did the personal training thing before yep. everything else. Yep. So that that was that was the spark for for a lot of things. And, and you know, kind of fast forward to where we are today in 2022. Um, I, I work in the tech space. Uh, I run an apparel company uh, and I'm able to do both things that I love, which is great. Now, one of the biggest things that I remember too is you did the bodybuilding.com competition a long time ago. Can, can yes. you talk to talk? Can you talk about that real quick? Yeah, yeah. So actually, pretty interesting. So when I started really posting um, more so fitness content on Instagram, I uh, a friend of mine she DM me. She said, "Hey, you know, Ashley Horner's a friend of mine. You should really do this bodybuilding.com spokesmodel search." And I was like, 
okay, I don't know what this is, but feel free to let me know when the submission date is or whenever you get information. I, I really had no, no idea. And to kind of, you know, where you and I, Chris, are kindred spirits, uh, when I lived in Arlington with Chase, because Chase and I, uh, we roomed together after college as well. And that's where you and I got really close. He was always ordering from bodybuilding.com. And I remember when all three yep. of us were in our kitchen one day and I was like, man, one day I was like, maybe they'll sponsor me just as a joke. Right. I didn't know how any of that worked. And so fast forward to 2017. So I ended up applying. Um, I would, I made the top 20 guys. There was top 20 guys, top 20 uh, women all over the, all over the world. Uh, and then there was a, uh, a worldwide voting. And then I made a top five guys uh, in the world. And then they flew out the top five guys, top five girls out to uh, bodybuilding.com HQ. We did a bunch of photo shoots, everything. And then we went to LA um, for the LA fit expo did our own, you know, kind of bodybuilding competition. Uh, and then I ended up placing third and I was a sponsored athlete for them for a few years. So uh, still a lot of great friends in, in that industry and, and that I, I was uh, teammates with and, and a great company to definitely be aligned with. I remember now for all of you out there, if you guys go to bodybuilding.com right now, don't be, you know, you'll find pictures of RJ there. <laughs> There's even a video that you did for them of some workout that you did yeah, um, yeah. a great while back. Um, that, that was funny how you mentioned us all sitting around in a circle at, at the apartment talking about it and how we would exchange the coupon codes to try and get 15% yep. off the supplements yep. every time. Um, but, but thanks, thanks for sharing that so much. If you could lead in now to going through the bodybuilding.com and then going through 413 health and fitness, what was some of the driving factors that pushed you away from personal training and then instead went into entrepreneurship with your apparel company that was of a very similar name? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll kind of bring it back a little bit. So when I was in college at, at JMU, um, I had a database class and it was one of my favorite classes because it was the first time where I realized that if I got a technological foundation, I could build any brand that I wanted to, right? So, or anything that I wanted and then when I got into online personal training, it was great because it was an online platform. I was able to customize some things. I built systems around how to build um, how to build 413 Health and Fitness. And then I really was like, well, I live in San Diego. Los Angeles is right up the street. Let me see if I can brand a few things on my own. And I, I ended up meeting with a pattern maker and designer up there. And I was like, wow, the process of creating items is a lot more fun than training. And for me... I realized my training company had gotten, you know, decently big and I was really, really stretched thin. And I was like, wait, but what I love doing is I love being able to create items that I can wear, that women can wear, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. So I did them in tandem for a little bit until it got to a point where I was like, I really enjoy the, um, uh, the building a, an apparel brand more <laughs> than the, than the training. And, that, and I thought, you know, I remember having initial conversations with Chase and just being like, I have no idea what he's doing, um, mm -hmm. but but I, I, I hope the best for it. Like, I don't know what's yep. going to come of it because, I mean, I didn't know any of us ever had that kind of ambition. And then, you know, flash forward those amount of years and just being like, holy shit, look at what RJ has done. Uh, like, oh, like, it's just like, well, it's it's so interesting to that point. I think the coolest thing in like it might be like a little advice tidbit is I was just following what I was interested in. And. And in doing that, I realized a lot of things that I wasn't interested in. And I think that that's kind of just in a general sense, what people are scared of the most, like they're very okay taking the safe route. They're very okay um, taking the safe route so that they don't get, you know, people having conversations about them or wondering what they're doing. For me, I was like, 
man, I live across the country. I was like, I have some resources out here I can utilize some things I want to try. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. And, and it brought me to a, to a place where I was like, wow, this, I'm able to, to do some cool things. We built some cool things. And, um, you know, so it's, it's been fun. Right. And so like, I, I, you know, I still, I was actually wearing it yesterday at the gym. I still have the OG tee from the very, very beginning. And just to put this into perspective for the audience, like it's like a hundred percent rayon, right? What was the first OG tee. And so it was like super, the super stretchy, but super comfy material that just like wrapped you in butter, but it was just so simple. And it's just like a, just a great, you know, black tea. Like I'm not dissing it at all. Like I still love it. I still wear it, even though it's like 10 years old. Right. But then flash forward now to what you bring out now and yeah. you've changed the goddamn game. Like yeah. the quality of clothing that you put out now is like a rival of that. You'd see it like Gymshark or athlete. Like the stuff Absolutely. is like ridiculously amazing. Um, I still have a lot of them. And just to see all the different stages that it's gone through. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember having countless conversations with you about, you know, the different styles and how it went from, you know, completely contouring the body to now getting into the bigger shirts that are a little, you know, fitted, but, you know, a little more flowy. I don't know. I'm, you're better with the style terms no, than you're I solid, am. solid, solid. Um, <laughs> But it's just amazing to see everything you've gone through. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is what all goes into the background of that journey. It's just like you, how do you go from not knowing a goddamn thing about the industry to now being almost a seasoned vet who's gone through trials and tribulations, learning about the background processes and management and working with the clothing retailers and so on and so forth. Like what can, you speak to our audience about as far as the challenges you've gone through and the lessons that you've learned behind entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think any lesson or anything that if you look from afar and you're like, wow, like uh, Arjun does that like really well. It's at some point in time, I was a complete amateur and I fell flat on my face about it a thousand times. Like, you know, when 413 apparel, just when it first started, it was out of my you know old studio apartment. I, I was writing, uh, you know, return addresses and you know right (laughs) i was writing addresses on manila folders just you know going to the post office shipping things manually and then i realized well there's a pain point there i need to learn shipping better and then as we grew i was like wait okay i need somebody to handle customer service because that's a pain point so my thing for any sort of entrepreneurship journey and for me in, in life is whenever i hit a pain point i do my best to create an efficiency around that or to create uh, a system that allows myself to be more efficient. And so uh, that's something that has allowed that to grow because 413 would have never gotten to where it's gotten to if I just managed everything on my own and didn't build systems that I could, you know, have other people work within that system um, to, to help grow with me as well. Because it, it started as just a vision with, you know, myself and my brother to all of a sudden, you know, we have a team and everything is is rolling and we have a bunch of different systems and everything in place that, that, that work very smoothly together. So uh, it, it all came from a place of not having an idea what to do and figuring it out to a point where I could explain it better to somebody and I could train somebody else to do it so I could figure out the next area that I was going to fall flat on, flat on my face in and just repeat that process. Oh, I, I love that. And the fact that you mentioned systems that you have in place. Yeah. And so and I, I know you personally, and I know your family. And you know, Tyler is just, you know, just like you, he has his own business going on, does the same yeah. stuff. You, your dad is a goddamn superhero as far as being yeah. XCIA, 
see like the author pastor like what yeah. doesn't your dad do and so it, it right. clearly runs in the and your mom of course is amazing too um who had who had to take care of all of you yeah right right <laughs> well maybe maybe put up with all of you but i guess what i'm trying to get at is you come from a very hard-working family you know knows what the meaning of hard work is what are some of the systems that you have in place for yourself now getting more personal that you use to drive yourself as far as being a leader we all you have to lead yourself in order to be the best leader what systems do you have what are some of the practices that you put into place because i think you and i would both agree that we are in a time now where so many people are lost or confused or just don't know what to do as far as how to figure out their own shit and how to put their best foot forward every day yeah of course you know i i have from a system standpoint uh day to day i have my non-negotiables so you know uh five to six days a week mostly six days a week working out as a non-negotiable doesn't matter how i feel uh doesn't matter how busy my day is i i find time i i make it make it work um i have uh, a dog now too if you include uh my girlfriend's dog and uh taking them to, to the dog park getting them out uh allowing them to enjoy their life that's a non-negotiable um spending time with my my wonderful girlfriend who will you know one day be my wife um that is a non-negotiable so I structure my day around my non-negotiables. And then, you know, since we're on here and keeping keeping it candid, I work two tech jobs. Uh, and so that is so that is very, very busy. Uh, one is a startup phase that grew from five to now 25 people. Um, that is going well. And all of those things that I manage uh, for both, um, those are non-negotiables. And what I do is I time box my day around that along with still running 413. So what I use is, it's simple. Uh, we, we make difficult things. Uh, we make easy things difficult. I try to do the opposite where uh, I put all of my tasks uh, on my Google calendar. And so I time box it. So, you know, I'm very efficient. So if I have 30 minutes to do five tasks and it's on my calendar, I'm head down working on those tasks because I know after that, I don't want to have that linger. So uh, I do a good job of that. And then also, you know, when it comes to the weekend, it's like I rest, I relax, I enjoy my life too, because as, as, uh, as hard as I work, I have to balance it out with rest. I have to balance it out with a level of enjoyment because burnout's real. I, I've been burnout before in years past. I feel like I, you know, I just ran past the burnout phase, and then that just, you know, adds a whole bevy of, uh, you know, um, mental things that go on. But, uh, but yeah, no, that, that's basically it. And and so recently, speaking of burnout, like recently, you know, you you've built four thirteen up from the ground up. And yep. now are even at a point where you're about to make a complete transformation with your goals for entrepreneurship. Can you can you speak a little to that as far as what was the process that led to that? Why the change? And now what are your endeavors as far as your future business? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. So 413 has been running for over five years um, and it's been great. And it's actually a 90 percent women's apparel brand. Um which has been amazing and it's been a lot of work and it's been so much learning uh, and and I've enjoyed it so much. And what really happened, I would say in April, but I'd say coming into this year is I realized when 413 first started, it was just one men's or more so unisex tank. And I remember how much I enjoyed creating that thing and, and go back to the shirt that you were talking about. You're like, man, I still wear that shirt. And I remember wearing that shirt for the first time and I was like, man, I would love to create more men's items, but since 413 is primarily a women's brand, we are not able to necessarily do that because of our target market. The other thing is men and women's um, buying habits have now changed a little bit. Women 
are more toward more going towards fast fashion, Amazon, Sheen, those kind of uh, cheaper, uh, bigger boutiques that are selling clothes for $13, $14, $15 of, you know, an item that you can wear a few times, even if you get it messed up, even if the shrinks are not the best quality, boom, you pay another $15, you can get another fresh shirt. Guys, on the other hand, are focusing more about quality. The, the way that we dress matters, the way that, that our, you know, faces manicured, the products that we use, we're now willing to spend a little bit more to look a little better, to perform a little better. When in past, I mean, Chris, you can attest to this. Five years ago, we were probably just wearing old high school ratty t-shirts to the gym, not even worried <laughs> yeah. about it. Now we're like, man, we want us an item to fit a certain way, to look a certain way, you know, that once we go to the gym and we leave, we have to go run errands. We still look good in it. So uh, we created this brand called Agility. Um, and so there's a big vision behind it, but uh, we're slow rolling it. What we're doing now is just creating the voice of the brand on our you know, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're, we're creating a bunch of different set samples. Uh, we want to create uh, a athletic apparel and then also some classic tees for guys as well. We are not trying to overcomplicate anything. We're just trying to, you know, uh, to get some good stuff in the hands of some guys who are athletic and have an athletic build like you and I. That, that's really the target market. Now, so with that being your future goal, which I think is awesome. How is it that 413 went that direction? Because I remember talking to you about your original was just trying to attest to boast. Do, do you find that you're, without knowing it, your niche market just became that and that's what gravitated towards your brand? Yeah, no, no, no. Actually, um, when we first started a few months into it, uh, I was dating a girl at the time and she was like, hey, you should think about making a simple crop. And I had never thought about it. And I was like, oh, like, and I was like, well, why? And she was like, all girls like simple crops. You make a simple crop in black, just try it out. Just, just see. So we did that and it sold out. And then I was like, okay. And then we made that same crop in like two different colors and it sold out. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then what we started doing was we realized from an Instagram space, uh, it was easier to get in touch with quote unquote female influencers. Because at the time, about five years ago, that was a time where if you post a picture, you're tagging like 30 of your friends. So all we did was follow a trail. We were like, hey, this is somebody that we know in the in industry. Let's basically see everybody that they tagged, reach out and send them a, uh, you know, a free 413 package, a few, free few crops. So they tried it and then they were like, oh my gosh, these are great. This is like Lulu quality and, and all this other type of stuff. And in my mind, I'm sitting back and I was like, we sometimes we've cut from the same fabric roll that, that Lulu does. Like it's not for us of like, we, we really value quality. So um, that's just kind of, and then all of a sudden from there, it was organic growth and it wasn't anything that was intentional. But it definitely helped at the time because, you know, uh, a product-based company is expensive. So uh, it it also was allowed us to be very, very creative. And so that was a fun thing as well. And now we're kind of getting back to the roots. It's like, okay, I'm 31. Like, you know, I, I don't want to overcomplicate every single launch and stuff like that. Like, and I like my basics. And, you know, you hit me up all the time. RJ, you got to make this in 10 different colors because I buy it. Got to get it in maroon. <laughs> it's got to <laughs> be in maroon. Are. Right. And so, and I hear that from a lot of friends and I hear that on social and I'm like, okay, cool. I, I'm here. I listen and I'm right there. So with the birth of agility and that being the future, does that mean it is the end of 413? No, not at all. So for 413, there are some staples that, um, and I've said this and I, and I, and I, and I truly believe that, that we, we did, we've done really well the past like five years, but there's about three staple items that if we could get it out to the masses would 
I feel like would blow things out of the water in epic proportions. So right now we're doing a lot of market research on, um, you know, loading things on Amazon um, and so on and so forth, because there's items that we've, that we've dropped, that we've put uh, on our site that consistently sell out that have the lowest return rate that we've ever seen that have, have crazy low return rates based on industry standards. Um, and that are the most posts about, uh, posted about items that we have. So, uh, there's some, there's some vision and planning with that, but, um, you know, at this point in time, it's like, we're just, we're just taking our time. You know, I don't, I'm someone who like going back to our the beginning of the conversation, I pride myself on systems. I pride myself on planning and I don't want to rush anything. So right now it's like, okay, what's the planning next phase of that so that it can be efficient and so that, uh, it makes sense. Okay. Awesome. I, I'm so looking forward to seeing the future of both and what it ends up being. Just right. knowing what you've gone through and how you started literally from nothing with it and what you've turned it into. I have all the confidence it's going to turn into some amazing stuff. Appreciate it. <laughs> so I, I want to shift gears a little bit now. So we've, we've got we've got some big background now. The audience knows who you are. They know what you do. And I personally know you also not only as an entrepreneur, but someone who can really talk to people about getting out of their own head and knowing what principles to adopt and how to be an ultimate person. Like you and I have grown up together. We've been through shit and yeah. we've been through challenges and obstacles. How, what types of challenges and struggles have you gone through personally that coincided with you becoming a professional, you becoming an entrepreneur that can resonate with current issues that we see today? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a lot to unpack because there's a lot of uh, challenges and things that I've gone through. I, I would, I will touch on, I, I think, the most, the biggest teaching moment or for me that I had was I've, in my professional career, I've gotten laid off three times. Um, and, you know, when you're also an entrepreneur, for me, my professional career was allowing, was paying for my, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, and there was a time where for a year and a half, almost two years, I worked for myself, uh, which was great. But um, falling flat on my face from a corporate level, what that taught me was... <clears throat> I can literally fail at doing something that I don't love to do. Um, and I, I've worked plenty of corporate jobs that I was like, oh, I, I didn't like it. And so those were blessings in disguise, disguises. So what I learned from that is no matter what I do, if I'm in a position where I'm like, oh, I like working in tech, but I'm like, oh, but this isn't really giving me fulfillment. I always have to have something that is providing me fulfillment uh, that I'm able to do on a daily basis. For me, I love building a, a brand. And that's not just like, oh, I love building you know, creating clothes. Like I love technology. So I love, you know, the website building. I love the integrations with, you know, social media and, and with, with email campaigns um, and how we're able to connect to users and, and customers and, and the different touch points on the site. Um, and then really what, you know, customer attention is going to, I love being able to see all that uh, and, and have that be something that when someone, Chris, when you wear our shirt, it's like, wait, but there was something on our site or there's something, some touch point that you like that you resonated with. And, I, and I'm obsessed with finding those things. So that that's what failure from a corporate standpoint um, has helped me realize. It's like, oh, I always have to have something that day to day, I'm just like, I'm being challenged. It's making me think um, it's keeping me on my toes because if not, you know, I, I, I really feel like, you know, as humans, we're tapping into maybe, maybe 50% of our potential and capacity. And so I, you know, I'm trying to, to, to tap out every day. I, I feel that so much, especially when you start talking about 
you need to do something that's fulfilling every single day. Like, 100%. you know, I, 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 I kind of coincide with that with, you know, I get fulfillment out, out of connecting with others as a coach or connecting with my students. But, you know, t- talking with, you know, my lady the other day, it was, I get a lot out of writing and creating. So you and I yeah. are very similar in that way. It's like when I'm creating something, when I'm making a little piece of social media content that's going to help someone else, or if I'm just, you know, getting not doing a podcast, like what we're doing Absolutely. right now, like that for me is so fulfilling. Um, that whole creative creativity aspect. And I usually realize with myself that I stress out when I'm not doing that, when I'm not, I, I'm you know, same way. and it drives me up the goddamn wall. And I'm like, what the yeah. hell's wrong with me? Why am I sitting on the couch eating grandma's potato chips until I, you know, become an obese version of myself watching reruns of the same show. It's yeah. like, it's usually because I'm not doing the things that are fulfilling for me that keep me going, that keep me yeah. pushing that right direction. I know you've been in that same chair a lot of the times and a lot of and you know i just i, I gotta bring this up too i was watching a podcast uh dr conway edwards who's a pastor that i really love watching i know you're yep. into you know christianity and that type of thing too i mean 413 apparel uh, yeah. and one of the things that he was talking about is one of the reasons why we have such trouble with the habit of happiness sometimes is because literally we're so stretched out to hell that we're not creating enough time and space for the things that we need to prioritize to keep our head straight, um, which is, is it just makes so much sense. It's like, like you know, you you got two tech jobs. You're trying yeah. to build two businesses. You try to stay fit. You're in a serious relationship. Yeah. And it's just like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, <laughs> right, right. So, and you and I are the same types of individuals who do that too. Like Chase looks at both of us and he talks to me all the time. He's like, I don't know how you two do that. Like, <laughs> it's just insane. Like Chase, yeah. has, he's, he's told me all the time. He's like, I could not do what you do. He's yeah. just like, you know, you're, you're a professor, you're a coach, you got all this going on, you got a girlfriend, like what the hell? Like, it's like insane. Yeah. And you do the same stuff. And so like, for, how do you keep it together is my next question. And what can you yeah, offer yeah. our audience as far as things that keep you sane, that keep you happy, that keep you from kirking out? And how do you handle your stress? Yeah, no, I, I'd say first, like, I, I really love what I do. And all those aspects that you mentioned, I really enjoy what I do. And if there is an area where I don't like what I do, then I typically uh, am a little bit more stressed. The other thing, too, which is nice is, and and I think if you're listening to this, you, you probably appreciate this is if you do the same task for way too long, you end up just getting bored and you're not as sharp and you kind of miss some things. So for me, having all those things going, I can time box an hour to do, you know, one thing. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm excited to do the next thing. And by the time it loops back around to the first thing or, or you know, with that first silo of business that I'm working on, I'm, I'm back sharper. Maybe my mind was working on some type of unconscious, you know, challenge or problem that now I'm like, okay, cool. Consciously I'm back. I'm refreshed. I can do it. So, um, those are the things that I do. And, and, and also, uh, when I wake up in the morning I, for on weekdays, I wake up at four 45 in the morning. I don't take my phone off of airplane mode until about promptly at five 35 AM. So from four 45 to five 35, uh, I'm, I'm waking up, I'm doing my uh, devotion. I'm doing my meditation. I'm stretching out. Uh, I'm getting, uh, having my you know, pre-workout snack. I'm getting ready for the gym. You know, I'm, I'm playing with my dog for a little bit. Um, and then by the time I get to my workout that I, that I start at uh, 5.35, that's when I'll take my phone off of airplane mode. Cause then I'm like, okay, cool. I need to listen to an audio book while I'm, you know, while I'm, uh, uh, while I'm warming up. But I really take control of my day by not allowing it to start with a bunch of, um, you know, alerts and messages and everything like that. And that, that what 45 to 50 minutes allows me to set the stage for a peaceful day. Cause I'm telling you in the past, 
all I would do is like wake up, open up Instagram, open up emails, whatever. And, and before I even got out of bed, five minutes, I'm stressed out. I feel anxious. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell is going on? Like, it just wasn't it. So um, something had to, ch- had to change. That And that's, so those are two things you said that are ultimately powerful that I also tell my students, my athletes that I work with at Evolve is boundaries is yep. so important to set for yourself that I think a lot of people struggle with and having that routine and how powerful that is. And when you look at, you know, I know it's cliche to say one percenters or people yeah. who really have a hold on themselves, they have those two things in common. They're super, super strong in the boundaries that they set for themselves and they have routines, whether they're morning routines, midday routines or evening routines that keeps them structured. And I, I'm the same way as you. If I don't do that myself, I will find myself scrolling on Instagram and then being stressed out and more reactive throughout the day rather than setting intent for the day, which I think is super powerful, which I really admire that you do. So, and I know it because I look at my goddamn Apple watch every morning. RJ finished a workout. RJ finished a workout. <laughs> RJ completed all three rings. I'm like, fuck. Like, <laughs> how did he beat me? It's only 9 a.m. <laughs> so, but, but I found that that's super powerful and that a lot of people could learn from from you, especially when you combine that with the other things you discussed with your time management and putting things in Google Calendar. Like, I find that so powerful. I was talking with, you know, some of the other coaches that evolve. I know Kayla, for sure, our CEO, and Jen, our operations manager. They both use what's called the full focus planner. Have you heard of that? I haven't. And so and it's just old school paper planner, but it's it's the kind of planner that forces you to set intent for the day where every day it has the time schedule from 6 a.m. all the way to 8 p.m. But then in the corner, it's like, what are your three priorities? What are your goals for the day? What is your intent for the day? What are the major challenges that you're working on personally? And then on the other page, before he gets to the end of the day, it says, how did you do? Let's reflect on this. What can you do tomorrow to improve? Um, and it allows you to really keep focused on what you have to do day to day, week to week. Um, yeah. And I, I've, I've set stuff like that up for myself before because I don't want to spend $50 on a goddamn planner. Right. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I find just having those the intent, the boundaries, and the routines is super. And I've struggled with boundaries before. It's really tough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're human. We're, we, we, that's the thing. Everything goes in waves. Like, you know, there's there's weeks where it's like it's easier. And there's other weeks where it's like, oh, it's 515. I got some time. I finished things up. It's like, you know, I take the phone off airplane mode. I'm like, I, I'm on my phone for 20 minutes before I start. So, you know, we're not we're, we're human. We're not perfect. So there's a got to get And, and you, so you just said it perfectly. And I'm glad you said that. We're not perfect. And I I feel like so many people look at people like you and like others who are super successful and on top of their shit as perfect individuals, as something they do is non-attainable for the average individual. And so I read this quote the other day that says, nobody's perfect, all right? It's like an 85-15 rule where 85% of the time you're on top of things and 15% of the time you spend course correcting. What what are your thoughts on when you hear something like that? It's absolutely true. Yeah, no, I I fully fully agree with it. I think my thing is I, I struggle with being a perfectionist. And so I'm hard on myself when I, you know, don't miss a mark that I, you know, think that I should. And what I've really had to do in the past few years is learn to give myself a little bit, a little bit of grace. And, and it's interesting because the, when I slow down and I'm able to, you know, set my intention for the day, do my tasks and, and just kind of walk through things at a more organized pace, I feel like there's not this incessant need to be perfect because what I focus on is I focus on perfect planning, right? And that doesn't mean that it's going to turn out that way, but at least if I set like, okay, here's in a perfect world, here's what I, what I want to do. Uh, but if I don't miss the mark, that's okay as well. 
it's great because I basically probably packed my day of this like, you know, very high achievable goals. And even if I didn't reach it, it's like, wow, that's, that's a damn good day. Like that's still, still a good day and I can give myself a pat on the back. So, um, yeah, no, I, and, and having the realistic expectation. The other thing too is like, you know, Chris, you and I talk about this is we're humans with, with human emotion in some days, my 100% is going to look like other days, 30%, right? right? Like some days, like if you're sick or something happens or, you know, your car breaks down or whatever it is, the effort and the capacity that you can, you can output some level of energy is not going to be the same as if a day where everything is amazing. So what I do is like, no matter how I feel, uh, I try to work to the best of my ability with that day and understand that, Hey, today's workout might be uh, worse than tomorrow's, but that's okay. Or might be worse than yesterday's, but that's okay. I did my best. Right. And I, I completely agree hundred percent. And that is something that I, you know, struggle with on the daily and have to forgive myself sometimes and just be like, right. Chris, we're, we're fine. Content. <laughs> yep, we're fine. Be content where you are. And I feel is, you know, guys like, you know, guys and gals like you and I who push the limit, and are always living at our edge or at something we did with it's a daily battle. Um, and so I want to segue now where we're hitting that halfway time now is get, before we get to do the second, you know, p- part of the episode where I want to focus now on you have started doing and you're it's on Instagram too. you do it with TikToks and reels, a motivational series um, and focusing really on mindset. So what I want to do now is I call this the Ricky Jasper specialty um, uh-huh. is I, I also have a code name for your boomerang dance. Uh, <laughs> in the morning yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i was about to tag you in one the other day i tried to do it i was like ah, i made it look you like crap have. i'm not gonna do it um i want to talk about mindset and work ethic um and so the first one uh i want to talk about is with the social media content and messages that you send to other people what advice can you give to individuals who are looking to change in the realm of health Fitness and overall mentality, three super important areas of wellness that I know many out there struggle with that I know you're passionate for because you and I have had countless conversations about mindset and struggles and conflict and just overall everything of what we all struggle with on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I I think the first thing is um, figuring out what you actually like to do. Uh, And if you can't do the things that you like to do, figure out what you need to do so that you can do what you want to do. Uh, that is kind of uh, an overarching ethos of, of how I live my life. Um, if there's something that I want to do that I just can't do at this moment, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to get there? Uh, and then I immerse myself in the process. And, and having from a mental standpoint, uh, understand that your life is a, is, a, is a process. And if you enjoy the ride, then you're going to enjoy the present moment. Because if we're always focused on, uh, I'll be happy when I get to a goal. I'll be happy when I achieve something, then when you're in the middle of the process, you're going to go all that time and not be happy. And then once you achieve that thing, that's going to give you a quick dopamine rush, you're going to be happy for a day. And then, then it's like, what's next. So I've really focused on even from a health perspective, a fitness perspective. And I love waking up and working out and getting my thousand calories a day, you know, working out like, because I'm like, that's a process. I love being in the process. There's not like, you know, in, in goal per se attached. I'm like, I just love the process of, of, the work and from a mental standpoint it's like wow like I'm, I'm 31 my mentality about things is very different from when i was 25 i love the process of being like man there's some some habits that i want to correct there's some areas and some thought process that i that i want to be better at that i'm actively working on right now but i know that the process of it is not every day is going to be perfect 
I'm getting better, but I'm really enjoying this process of learning and growing because I can look back six months ago and be like, wow, like I'm actually doing way better than I was six months ago. You know, so uh, it's really in those realms, identifying what you enjoy and then immersing yourself in the process and really enjoying the process. And I I love that. And so I got to ask, how long did it take for you to learn that lesson? Because I know that that's something we all have struggled with trying to identify. It's all about the process. Like we hear that from Nick Saban talks about that a lot, you know, putting effort into the small steps. We see that in stoicism. We see that in all major entrepreneurs and, you know, billionaires that are on Instagram saying, enjoy the process, enjoy the process. Life's a marathon, not a sprint, like all those kinds of things. Like what, what did it take for you to finally start to put that <laughs> forward as a major principle for yourself? Yeah, actually, I could like very much almost remember the day. So uh, about a year into 413, maybe a little over a year, we had this goal. We're like, man, like for one month, we want to do 10K in sales a month. That was a really big number for us. So we're like, man, this would be great. And I remember us going through a launch and us getting really, really close to it. And like two days later, like we hit that and it was my most depressed day. And, and I was like, wait, I thought that this would be the thing that makes me happy. Like we, we hit this goal. And I, for like 48 hours, I was in such a funk and I was like, wait. And I realized like all of my time and attention had been to chase this thing. And I had this thing. Then after that, it was like, okay, well then what's next? And then I was like, oh, we got to, we have to kind of re-up and, and do the, and focus on the next launch. And I realized like, wait a second, I actually enjoyed the process of building this. Why don't I think a few launches ahead? So as we as we launch one, I've already done half the work and our team has done for the next one. So we're not just focusing on that thing because I'm telling you it hit. And for like two seconds, I, I was happy. I was on this high. I was like, call my parents. Hey, we, we did this thing. And then immediate depression hit. And I was like, Oh, it, it's never going to be about the thing. If I don't enjoy what I'm doing, it's never going to be about attaining this goal for some type, type of like ego win that I thought I would get. It wasn't, a, it wasn't that at all. Awesome. Uh, and I love that you were vulnerable there with that too, because I know it's sometimes it's hard to talk about the struggles that we go through. I, I don't remember the name of the professor, but there was a, there was a podcast I was watching where there was this super ambitious person who it, it, the professor himself, and then he ended up writing this book where he was talking about how to be happy. And he was someone who was super successful. He went around all the world giving speeches, doing research and smart things and, and think tanks and so much. And he just wasn't happy. He had all the money he could ever want and so on and so forth. Um, and so he started talking about how, you know, when you're embracing challenge, like he completely changed directions. But there were some topics that he had to teach others oftentimes where he was just like, oh, I don't really enjoy this topic until I start teaching about it. And he's like, so when it comes to those things, and that's something that's your pride and joy. Like you love getting up on social media and talking about the hard shit and telling people how it is. And it's like, I feel like it helps you embrace those challenging topics that you're either afraid of or that you embrace as challenging yourself. And when you start talking about it, you fall in love with that. Um, And so, and that's something that I've had to embrace personally with, you know, a lot of things I've gone through in academia (laughs) and my, and my own career. Um, And I love teaching, but I've, could care less about research, <laughs> but, hey, hey, but right. I have to do it for my job. And so, but if I start teaching about it and, you know, really trying to get it out there, then you kind of fall in love with it. And I think that's what we all have to figure out for ourselves. How do we fall in love with the process of what we're doing, knowing that we have this ambitious goal, but if we don't focus on today, we're never going to get there. Um, so I think that's absolutely fantastic. And so what I want to segue into now, RJ, is what is, so you're doing all the motivational stuff. 
Is yep. this just a piece of what you're doing to promote your entrepreneurship? Or do you have goals and aspirations beyond that to help people from a mindset coaching perspective or a motivational speaker perspective? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I, I like to reverse engineer things. And what I, if in a perfect world, I would love to still work in the tech space. Um, and then also uh, be able to coach people on a broader scale uh, from a personal development uh, and then also a business space, right? But for that to happen, I have to uh, do now what I want to do in the future. So I've really enjoyed putting, you know, videos on Instagram, like kind of refell in love with that on TikTok, so on and so forth, because I, I, I see things as, you know, people will go back through your socials and they will say, does this person have a track record of doing this? And I can't just pop up and say, Hey guys, uh, I do this. I, you know, I have this course or I'm, you know, having this big seminar or whatever people want to look back and say, wow, this person's doing this for years. He has credibility and he's not just going here and talking about it. Like we can see his stories. He's actually putting in the work daily and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, the, the bigger picture, the bigger goal, I would say uh, it's, kind of fuzzy at this point, but I do love teaching and talking about this in this realm. And, and I love writing. I, I've already um, written and had an ebook published that, that I'm still in the process of, of getting out there. And, and that's another whole thing. Um, yeah. But, but it's just, uh, it's one of those things where right now I'm in the, in the building phase of I'm focusing on putting content out there, putting my voice out there so people can recognize who I am and, and, and the work ethic that I have and that I am leading my life in areas that I talk about. And also I'm not above anybody. All the stuff that I talk about, I, typically I was like, oh, I probably had a hard time with it that day. And I'm like, if I had a hard time with it that, that day, there's millions of other people who did as well. And even if two people saw it and it helped them, well, hey, it helped two other people because me just talking about it and giving myself tips help. Because I'm telling you, I go back through my own, uh, uh, you know, old content and I look and I'm like, man, I'm actually struggling with this again. Let me see what I said and, and kind of look at it from a, you know, bird's eye view. And I was like, well, it's practical. Let me follow my own advice and it helps. Right. <laughs> just, 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 like, practice what we preach. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's really amazing. And I resonate with a lot of what you said there, especially with the resurgence of the past and yeah. behaviors and things that we used to follow. I get those goddamn reminders on Facebook all the time. Look what you said seven years ago. Right, I'm like, right. oh man, I was a motivational mother effer. What am right. I doing right now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so my, my final big question here, because I want to you know respect your time and your schedule today, um, is let's focus now a lot of our, although most of our community is individuals who are everyday athletes, everyday moms and dads trying to lose weight and build strength. We do have a community of coaches as well. And with all of your experience, being an entrepreneur, being a personal trainer yourself, having a brother who's running his own gym right now, kicking ass, what advice can you provide other fitness coaches for building their brand, finding their niche market and embracing the challenges and setbacks that come with entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, I, I would say first is identify who you are and don't try to compete. Um, it's a one, I, I forgot who gave me this advice, you know, 10 years ago. If you are trying to compete so much with everybody else and what you're doing, what you typically do is you end up looking at what everybody else is doing. You're like, oh, I need to do what they're doing and just kind of try to do it better. But from a customer standpoint, 
customer sitting back and saying, well, I'm looking for someone who's unique, somebody who provides something different. And now if you look at the social media space, everybody who posts swipe videos on Instagram happens to be a fitness coach with no credentials, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I would say, you know, get the subsequent learning, <clears throat> figure out how you um, are different and then and, and, and care about who you're coaching. The other thing in it from a coaching space is, there are coaches out there who say, Hey, I'm going to help you make 10 K a month and this and that. Well, if you are someone who needs a health coach or who needs a fitness coach, you aren't caring about how much money's going into that person's pocket. You're like, man, I want to look good for my wedding and I want to lose 15 pounds so that on my wedding day, my husband, you know, thinks I'm sexy or a guy, Hey, I, man, I'm 35 years old, 40 years old. I haven't got laid in two years. Women don't even look at me when I walk into a bar. Uh, can you help me lose 25 pounds? Cause I just want to feel good about myself because I'm stuck at home all day. Cause nobody's even, you know, knows that I exist. Right. If you start to care about people on that level and figure out what their needs are, people will literally go to bat for you. They will work extremely hard for you. You will have a client for life because you didn't say, Oh, Hey, here's my, my program. Uh, okay, cool. I checked it off. I made 10 K this month and I don't care about people. They're just numbers in my bank account care about people. When you care about people, you'll find different aspects of areas that you'll love. When you find different aspects of areas that you love, you'll figure out the systems that you need to build to be able to meet the needs of others at a broader scale. That's kind of the overarching thing, but you have to start by caring about who your end user is. When I built 413 uh, Apparel, I cared about our end user. I cared about how they felt when, when they wore our items. I cared about how they felt about the ethos of our brand, right? If you care about people, everything else will take care of itself. I, that is so powerful because I feel like so you're exactly right. So many people struggle with finding their own individuality in the social media space and they get drowned out in all of the, the sameness, as it were, yeah. rather than being who they are personally, who could potentially resonate with so many other people if they were just themselves. Um, and, and I think fitness coaches specifically need to learn that lesson. Um, because I, I'm, and maybe with even our own community, maybe that this is a great lesson for some of them to learn because we have, we have our own little chat where they're, they're discussing their challenges and obstacles all the time. And they're all great individual people, and that could be something that could really help them as far as when to create their strategies, do it that's tailored to them and the values yeah. that they can offer specifically. I think that is super powerful, and I'm really happy you shared that. Um, <clears throat> so what I want to do now is kind of take things full circle and – Overall, you've said some amazing things, RJ. You know, you and I, you know, we're, we're the best of friends. We have all these serious conversations all the time. We help each other grow. We challenge each other, which is one of the best things that I admire you for. What are some concluding thoughts that you can give our audience as far as being individuals, growing into professionals, and living life the best that they can? And then if you had one message that you could share with others that you want them to hear, what would it be? Man, yeah, again, a lot to unpack, but uh, no, that's great. I, I would say um, realize that you have one life. Um, and uh, as the passing days happen, you know, this might be morbid, but you get closer to death. But what you want to do is you want to make that one life as, meaning, as meaningful as possible, whatever that is, and be relentless in the pursuit of making your life meaningful to you. What might be meaningful to you might not be meaningful to somebody else, but that's okay. Uh, don't follow the pack, follow you know, what you want to do, the person that you want to be, and, and really focus on serving others. I think I think um, the area that I have 
felt the most fulfillment in is being able to help other people. It goes to why I, I speak, why I do certain things, because I'm like, at any point in time, like Chris is like, call me, hey, you want to be on a podcast? I would love to, to talk because maybe one or two people or however many people might uh, might get helped by one thing that I said. Um, and focus on areas that you can serve other people because if you're in an area of service to other people, you're never going to feel like you're lacking because you're going to be extremely wealthy in people. Um, and, and just go after it. And, and the last thing is work hard. There is no substitute for hard work. You know, I, I say I have this saying, I'm like, you can out talent me, but you're never going to outwork me. And there's a thousand million people, billions of people who are out talenting me. Um, but I, I, I refuse to be outworked. So if, if that, all that comes together, um, uh, then you can find a, a little bit of fulfillment in your life. I love that, RJ. Thank you. You have such a large presence, and I know that the information that you provided us today and your experiences is absolutely invaluable. I know our audience is going to want to learn more about you. How can our audience learn more about you? Where can they find you on social media? Where can they find your brands? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on, on Instagram, it's Ricky Lane II. That's R-I-C-K-E-Y-L-A-N-E-I-I. RJ um, the second. <laughs> right. <laughs> um for 413 Apparel, you can go to www.413.us, spell out the word 413, uh, and then on Instagram, 413 underscore apparel. Uh, and then if you want to follow the new brand, it's just at um, uh, Agility Brand on uh, on Instagram and on TikTok. So, Which we are all excited to see what is to become of that, because I know that Absolutely. that's going to be huge, especially with the motivational post that you put up with the brand name every single day, yeah. which I find spectacular. So RJ, you've been an amazing guest. You're an amazing friend to me. I super appreciate your time. I know the community here at Evolve does for sure. And I know that you are going to do great, amazing things. And I'm proud of you, brother. It's great to have you here today. Thank you, man. I appreciate the, the invite and any time. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it, RJ. All right, Evolve community, that is it for us today. Stay tuned. Be sure to check out my best friend, RJ, and all his pages. He really has a lot of valuable valuable information to put out there he's been through it all so don't hesitate to reach out to him if you guys need anything check out his brands get his clothes because it fits good and it makes you look good that's it for me today i'm coach p we're out of here